Hey, this is Mike Dawson from the Adam Carolla Show. You're listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another show right here on Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Hey, Troy, where can they find us? Yeah, they can get us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We even have a YouTube channel out there, Howie. And the rarely used Twitter. We did start <laughs> off using Twitter pretty often, but uh, we've, we've yeah. you know, cut back on that a little bit, but it's still there. And if you want to email us, you can do that as well. You can email me, staytunedtnh at gmail.com, or you can email Howie, staytunedhowie at gmail.com. So it's about all I have, Howie. You have anything to add to that? Well, you know what, Troy? Uh, I just want to just let the listeners know to just keep listening. You know, not only listen, but like, share, follow, and subscribe to everything that we put out there, whether it's social media or just our simple podcasts. You know, just, just listen, guys. Enjoy. Welcome to another, uh, well, I guess a special episode, our our very first Facebook Live that's going to actually be a um, um, a positive, yeah, yeah, a positive podcast, I guess you can say, where we're able to do something live while also doing our podcast without any, hopefully, snafus. Um, but so uh, anyway, yeah, so far so good. I rigged something up and... Uh, it's quite the interesting uh, contraption, to say the least, but it's working, and that's all I can ask, right? Yeah, and uh, already we got. So we were talking to Richard a little bit before we started recording, and uh, mm-hmm. they were talking about. We were talking about the new radio format here in Lebanon. Uh, WLBR is now the new Wilbur ninety nine seven, and Adam, I hear you. You jumping in there? Sixties through nineties. It's it's kind of a little bit of the early nineties. Um, so I don't know how much of the nineties they get into, but um, and I think it's the late sixties. So it's kind of that. Ah. Uh, that format there. So the new 99.7 Wilbur, yes. Yeah, so there, there you go, Rich. You, you jumped on there. Um, so they have 100.1, which is the, the country station, Froggy Valley, and now they have 99.7, the uh, the FM. But it, it is also still broadcast on 1270 as well. And, cool enough, they're into the 21st century finally because now they, have, um, they, they can be played through the app as well. I think they're on the Odyssey app as well. So if you're not within listening range, you can pull them up that way as well. Um, <laughs> thanks, Rich. I appreciate that. Uh, Adam, I'll just say, hey, go blue. Uh, you know the deal. So, you know uh, the deal. Yeah. Who's Adam? Adam. He's uh, well, he's actually a former stepbrother of mine, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, we're both big Michigan fans. Um, so yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen mm. with uh, the whole situation. You know, Harbaugh left. I don't know if there's going to be any late punishments coming down the line here um you know because of the the scandals that kind of arose during his tenure there mm-hmm. um 
but I was really sad to leave, see him go. Uh, I thought he was really building something there. He he was a Michigan guy, like he was, you know what I mean? Like that was yeah. yeah his dad coached there. He played there. You know, that was just that was in their blood to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't I don't know. I mean, Sharon Moore. We'll see how he does. He seems like he has the right attitude. He did well um, when he was filling in for Jim during the suspensions okay. that Jim had fulfilled. But there's a big difference between coaching, you know, a game day that somebody already went out and recruited all the big names for you versus going yeah. out and recruiting the guys on your own. You know yeah, I, mean? I think that's going to be the key yeah. for any coach uh, is their ability to, to recruit. And yeah. and let's face it, you know, we live here in central PA and uh, we got James Franklin over at Penn State. And in, and if you ask my opinion, that's probably the only reason why he's still coaching at Penn State is because of his ability to recruit some special players. Uh, now he's just got to learn how to actually coach those players that he recruits and gets. They win the, you know. they win the games they should. Yeah, but they yeah. can't beat any of the big teams when they play against them. And no. I, I don't know why that is. It's such a strange thing. They can't beat Michigan. They can't beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, I they they don't have a problem with. Didn't they play somebody else that was really tough this year that they had a problem with? I don't remember what they finished this year record wise, but um, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I don't um, either read your comment here rich you go i just always feel bad for these kids that go into a program because of the notoriety of a coach or how a coach built a program only to have the coach having one foot out and one foot in taking their first good offer that comes their way yeah i would agree with uh <laughs> adam <laughs> um i'll read your your comment there too but um yeah i would agree with that rich to a point i i think Harbaugh was a little different because I think his heart was totally there and he was there for seven maybe eight years something like that so it's not he just came in won a championship and stepped out the door I mean he's had offers his first couple years there he had offers and then they had that little stretch uh, where they weren't doing quite as well and then Mm -hmm. he had offers last year he passed on that and um, you know finally this year he had offers again and I, I worry because of his legacy that he only did it because he's worried what sanctions might come down and how that would affect the, you know his you know maybe they're going to be maybe they won't be playoff eligible the next two or three years i don't know you right know, but i'm saying i just wonder if, if he left for that reason uh, that I kind of rubs me a little bit wrong if, if you mm. did if you did something that deserves a punishment and they're going to give you a punishment for it then you should stay there and take it not take let the kids take it you know that uh that had nothing to do with it you know what i mean yeah so do you think you're going to see some uh, pretty big names on that team um go to other colleges and transfer i, I, I think it would be um, ignorant for me to say there won't be any. Mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be that much though, because I think there is some stigma about Michigan. Like, you, not only are they a great football program, but they are very well, and they're very well known for their education as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if kids are going there strictly just to play football and think they can get a better opportunity to either play or don't really want to play under that coaching style per se, right? Um, then maybe. Uh, because they yeah. are also losing their defensive coordinator, who's following Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Yeah, so that's another thing too. So, you know, it, it. Yeah, I don't know. Pulled a Pete Carroll. Yeah, exactly. If, if that's what he did, Rich, then yeah, that's um, that's what I'm worried about. I, I hope he didn't pull a Pete Carroll because if I find out that he knew, you know, uh, restrictions were coming, that that's really going to rub me. Um, mm-hmm. Adam, go blue. I was just explaining our relationship to my son. He's slightly confused. Yeah, for sure. I can understand how that'd be confusing. <laughs> Uh, nine years. I, I oh, it's nine years. Wow. I really wanted to mm. say, but more has proven his worth. Now he has just he just has to build a coaching staff to keep the training going. Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. Can he do that? Can he recruit? We'll see. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, um, the Big Ten is really strong now, unless they go to the SEC. Um, 
I don't know. The Big Ten is what? How many teams now is it up to? 16, 18, 20? It's, it's, it's up there. Um, I forget who just joined this year. Washington, Oregon, USC. Did, UCL, did UCLA go too, maybe? I don't remember. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's a lot of teams. It's not a Big Ten anymore. It's like it's mm-hmm. literally like Big Eighteen, Big Twenty, something like that. You know why don't we just have? Here's my opinion. Now you yeah. want to make college football better, and you want to make the programs and a little more, you know, things like that more competitive. Why do we just not do away with all the the divisions? Get rid of the Big Ten, the Big East, uh, SEC, you name it, whatever. Um, get rid of it, and then. Um, and maybe the pollers, the people who do the the college rankings, will rank the top 100 teams. And those top 100 teams throughout the season will just play each other. Because let's face it, in the beginning of the season, we have teams that are playing like the you know the St. Mary's School of the Blind, you yeah. know, in the beginning, just to kind of, almost like you see in basketball, yep. you know, where you just see these hardcore, te- yeah, these these top tier teams are playing these teams that. It's an automatic win. I mean, in college football, it, it's a lot auto- more automatic than what you would see in the professionals. Sure. And, um, you know, and it, it just would make sense. It would make it more competitive. Players are going to um, really compete, I think, more. And you're going to see more talent and you're going to see more refined talent that'll be NFL ready when that time comes. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, we can do a top four, top eight, whatever, and then do a playoff format, and then boom, we got we got the true best teams in the league that are playing each other. Adam agrees with you. He says Notre Dame's been independent. They've been independent forever. Yeah. And, uh, and they're making tons of money. You know what I mean? Right, so, exactly. And, and you know, this year now they're finally going to jump up to the, the 12-team playoff. And I, I, I like that they did that because they were giving mm-hmm. more teams a chance that maybe had a bad slip-up at the beginning of the season or at the end. And all of a sudden, they have no chance because they have that one loss that that's really hurting them on their resume. But in the same breath, I, I, I think twelve was too many. I think eight was the number. I, I think mm-hmm. I don't know because I think you're going to now just be throwing in a team just to throw them in, and they're probably going to get smacked around that first round and have no business being there. You know? Right. Yeah. So. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're going to have that. I mean, but I do like the format as well because it, I think it works in hockey. And and I do think it works in the NBA. I mean, um, or well, not even the NBA, but the NCAA basketball. Uh, I think it, it's a good format where you're seeing all these teams play in a big tournament, uh, and I just think it works out well. Now, you know what? Let's let's stay in um, let's stay in tune with football in general because I want to I want to get your opinion on it because I'm kind of getting sick of hearing it and oh seeing it posted, <laughs> um, <laughs> and. Yeah, and uh, can, and I follow, can I follow up your the college football real quick? Um, yeah, go for before, it. Before we move into the pro football, I, I just I, I just wish if they go with your format and they think they want to go all independent, that's that's fine. I just think that they need to figure out a way to keep the rivalry games though, for sure. That needs oh to be yeah, better. yeah. Well, think about it though. Most of those rivalry games, they're going to be ranked top one hundred anyway. More than likely, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that'll be a true issue because if they're not ranked in the top 100, then they don't deserve to be playing in the rivalry games. I guess, I guess. you know, what's, so. a, what's a year off, you know, I don't know, but yeah. Cause I, even I if think, you I go, it's a lot of stigma and, and I really yeah. think it would be smart and they kind of do it at the end of the season, but it's not always that way with all the teams. But I think if you could find a way to literally have like a rivalry week, like back to back weeks, 
Mm -hmm. and you have all your biggest rivals, and they're like your three prime time. Like, so maybe there's six. So we had, I don't know, say there's six conferences or whatever, and three big prime time games on a Saturday the one week, three big prime time games on a Saturday the next week. All your rival teams. I just think that would draw a lot of money for them. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, let's let's go to football. What what are you sick of hearing about, Howie? Okay, what I'm sick of hearing about, Troy, and I don't know, and I want to hear your honest opinion because. I am so tired of everybody now coming out and saying, oh, football's fixed. It's fake. It's, you know, obviously uh, Kansas City's going to go to the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift. She's going to bring more fans. And uh, and you already know how I feel about those Eagle fans, um, you know, because, you know, let's, let's jump on board when they're winning, but then totally discard them when they're losing, you know. And I'm seeing that a lot more lately, and I'm not quite sure – if that means where there's smoke, there's fire, or is, or are people just fed up with their, their home team, so to speak, and they're just tired of um, rooting and they need an excuse uh, for their team for losing? Well, as far as the Eagle fans go, um, I, I think like that's kind of been their stigma as long as I can remember. Like mm-hmm. you love them when they're good, and you don't want anything to do with them when they're not good, and I. You can't throw them all in one bucket, right? Because they're not all like right. that. Um, but you do see that a lot. And to be fair, I think you see that a lot with other fan bases as well. I just think because we're so rooted in the, the area right here, we probably mm-hmm. see it a lot more for that team in specific. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I think, and, and I don't know for sure because I've never lived outside of this area, but let's say, for instance, you go to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the same thing. Maybe Colts fans, you know, when the Colts are good, they're in the playoffs. They're like everybody loves them. But all of a sudden, when they, when they had their two and fourteen season, they're trying to get Peyton Manning in the draft. Like nobody <laughs> wants anything to do with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, it's it's hard for me to put a real opinion on that because I think it probably happens a lot of places, but definitely in this area, you see it for sure with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. As far as the, the games being fixed, man, I, I we kind of go back and forth with this in our chat with some of the guys we talk football with, and um, yeah. Specifically, Ryder. I mean, he's he's dead set. Like <laughs> this game is fixed, hundred percent. Well, he's a conspiracy theorist from you know true and true, and he it, can deny it, but he is. It's really hard for me to get behind it. Totally, I'm not saying I don't think refs can do something to shave points. I'm not saying players can do something to shave. Oh yeah, but I just can't see you playing your entire life as a kid. High school, all this hard work, grit, determination, college, mm-hmm. being that point one percent that makes it to the NFL, yeah, and just selling your soul like that. I I can't get behind that, you know. And as I've said in those chats as well, there are some really, you know, I'm just gonna say it like it is. There are some really stupid players in the NFL that could not keep a secret like that. I don't care if they signed a uh, an NDA, a non disclosure agreement. Uh, I don't care if they did that or not. They're not that smart to to not let that leak in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of I think of the Antonio Browns, for example. Right. <laughs> you know, there's no way when he gets frustrated and angry, he doesn't care what's going on in his life. He will ruin his life just to get that truth out if that were the case and he would be one of those players that would be involved in fixing a game because he had that much power to really change a game yeah uh rich jumping in here he has some long comments here so i'm gonna read them see what his opinion is on this um Uh yeah thanks for jumping in there adam we'll we'll talk to you later 
Um, well, think about, think about this period. If it's truly scripted, have you ever seen a sports movie and you see that final play of the game is completely scripted and mm-hmm. you can totally tell that it's scripted. And for the most part, oh, why did my screen move away here? And for the most part, those players are also actors, so they know where to... Oh my gosh, he commented and it keeps rolling <laughs> up on me. Uh, where to stand, what movements to make, and if they know how to do it, it still looks bad. How do you think the NFL is pulling off a scam? I don't think I mean even the WWE, that, that's well-known, public admitted to being scripted, that only mm-hmm. two guys in a ring, and sometimes they can't even make it look real. How do you think 22 guys on the field plus referees can pull that off? Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's... <clears throat> That's a good point, right? Like, for mm-hmm. all them people to be on the same page and pull that off. I right. Mean, and here's the other thing, and unless we're having our, you know, wool pulled over eyes on this too, these terms, these teams aren't practicing against each other during the week to set this up. Exactly. So Exactly. And not only that, but think about um, if you want to script it, an NFL um, season – why would you not make sure that the biggest fan bases, exactly. the most loyal fan bases, those teams are going to win? And I'm sorry, but uh, I mean, Kansas City is a good fan base, but but I would say Buffalo is uh, probably a top 10. Well, I, I've already said this. Could, as you, far imagine, as could you imagine? And, and, I, and I get it. Sometimes you want to hold off things mm-hmm. for a big payoff, right? But I think Buffalo fans have been through enough. Could you imagine that city and those fans if that team won a Super Bowl? Oh my that would gosh, be yeah. insane! Yeah, and if they were really like that, would be a storyline mm-hmm. that would sell big time. And that yeah, because of course I'm a Bills fan, so I feel that way. But I, I think there's a lot of other fans. Look at Detroit this year. Perfect yeah. opportunity. That would have been a perfect. That would have been a perfect uh, major movie uh, situation, yeah. right? So yeah, explain Dallas then. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas will Dallas. I mean, they just, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they won in spite of Jerry those years. Yeah. I really do. Um, I think he actually, and I'll give him credit here. I think he does a great job of uh, marketing his team. I think he does a mm-hmm. great job of drafting his team because he's mainly behind the controls of the draft mm-hmm. as well. But then he sticks his nose in the coaching and the playing, and that's where things get messed up. And um, yeah. he just needs and, to stay out of it. He needs to stay well, out of it. I think what they need to do is they need to hire a very big personality to run any team ever for Dallas as long as Jerry Jones is running. Because, I mean, look what Jimmy Johnson did. I mean, he was a guy who was very like, hey, this is my team. This is the way I'm running it. And he obviously ran it uh, successfully. Yeah. Until, um, until he got the ultimatum from Jerry. Yep. Yeah. And he said, okay, well, I'm out of here then. So You got it. You got and then it. they won that other Super Bowl with Barry Switzer, but we've seen how much of a fluke that that was. Jerry's that was Jimmy's roster. That's all. Oh that yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yep. You said uh, it. I know, I mean, but you know, hey, that's the way yeah, it is, I, right? I don't. I don't buy that it's scripted, but I. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt that there's scandalous things that happen. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, without a doubt, I do truly. I mean, you know, there's a price for a lot of people out there. And uh, and if you think about it, the referees, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if it's still that way in the NFL, but I remember growing up where the referees, that wasn't their full-time job. I don't think it still is. 
Yeah, so if it's not like their Ed, 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 big, Ed Hockley was like the big name referee. Everybody knew who he was, right? He was oh, yeah. Had huge arms or whatever like that. During the week, he was a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a lot of them are lawyers, actually, yeah. because they're the only ones that can retain all that information as far as rules and regulations when it comes to the NFL. So um, I think what the NFL will eventually have to do is hire full-time referees and pay them like and pay them like major league baseball does yeah and uh and i think that's when you're going to get better quality and uh and more consistent quality when it comes to that so um yeah yeah you're right yeah that's that was his name rich (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was Uh, a big boy man yeah yeah he really Um, was but yeah i i I can't believe they haven't gone to that yet Especially mm-hmm. after that fiasco, whatever, was that 10, 12, 15 years ago now that when the referees had that strike at the first three games of the season or whatever? Yeah. And then Green Bay ended up getting screwed on that one touchdown pass on that Monday night game. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, two days later, oh, we come to an agreement with the refs, you know? I'm surprised <laughs> oh, it didn't yeah. happen right there. Right there. I'm oh, surprised yep. I agree. And I always think of like the uh, Thanksgiving Day game between Pittsburgh and Detroit, um, yep. you know, heads or tails, and the referee didn't hear it correctly. And then, and, Detroit got the ball and ended up scoring on that first drive. And, you know, that's still talked about today. Yep. Yeah. And, so. um, yeah. And I like what Rich is through in there ranked on a point system. Yeah. I agreed because yeah. we get all these refs that either want to do ticky tack calls all the time. And, uh, you know, basically they want to be the spotlight of the game and, and just call, you know, fouls on every team the whole game long, or mm-hmm. you get refs that call absolutely nothing. And then by the middle of the second quarter, these teams are ready to rip each other's heads off because they feel there's no uh, discipline in the game. They're like they're, you're just letting, getting away with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, there, there needs to be some sort of way for those guys to uh, to have some sort of point system, like you said, so that they get rewarded with the better mm-hmm. games. They get the Super Bowl. They get the conference yeah. championship games. Um, what else did you throw in here, Rich? Uh, look at it, though. The best teams, do you even know who their gyms, GMs and owners even are? I couldn't even tell you who the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs is. Well, I, I think it's still the Hunt family, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's still part of the Hunt family. Pittsburgh's yeah. still the Roonies. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of names in there that are still, you know, family-run ever since they began. So yeah. yeah, there's a few like that. I mean, obviously, some of those owners have passed on, and some of them didn't have kids to leave it to, so they've had to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, Rich, I, I get your point. I think most, you know, Deep football fans that watch it a lot probably know some of the owners and GMs, but I get it. The casual fan doesn't know them. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, so what else is on your, your mind here, Howie? We can jump off the football fan a little bit. <laughs> well, you know what? That's interesting you ask because um, I was actually uh, driving this morning and I was listening to a podcast. In fact, um, shout out to the other Howie out there, but Howie Mandel. I was listening ah, to his podcast, and he, I'll tell you what—he's got an interesting uh, podcast going where he interviews some pretty big names and and some interesting people. And uh, and he had this guest on that was kind of well. He's he's an entrepreneur. Uh, he makes a lot of his money online, but he also owns a winery that makes sixty million dollars a year. Uh, so he's doing okay for himself. And they got into talking, um, you know, in lines of like mental health and and things like that. And he said something kind of strikingly, um, you know, accurate to me. And and, and I'm talking about the guy. And for the life of me, I can't remember who they were talking to. But Mm -hmm. um, I I think his last name was V as in V-E-E. 
Um, but uh, anyway, um, this guy was talking about like, you know, a lot of people's mental health is self-inflicted when you really look at the big picture. And uh, it comes down to, and, and we're living in a society where uh, we are becoming a lot more sensitive, which is very evident. You know, sure. everything hurts our feelings, therefore you should uh, bend and, and treat me a different way because, you know, you just hurt my feelings. And, uh, and this guy basically said, you know, that people are not going to get stronger or better until they learn how to, uh, well, until they learn how to accept responsibility and accountability for themselves. You know, the only person that can bring me down is me, basically. So ba basically what he was saying was no matter what you tell me, no matter what you say, uh, it's all going to come down to how I accept it or don't accept it. And, and, and he says that's kind of where society is heading, where um, people are now focusing on blaming everybody else's um, behavior for how they, their life is ending up, so to speak. Yeah, I would agree so. with that um, with normal things, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There can be traumatic things that happen in your life that would not be the case. Oh, without a doubt. You, didn't have to yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's definitely some trauma history with a lot of people and yes. and that can definitely affect their behavior for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say for the most part, yeah, I think I, it's just, I think it's this soft society that we live in and just everybody lets everything bother them. And I yeah. don't get it. Like why, like it, why is it mm -hmm. worth it? You know, like, yeah. I mean, we can go down every avenue and, you know, and you're right, you know, as far as personal things going on, I get that, you know, we should not obviously ignore that because, you know, there's some major things, you know, when it comes to people becoming so depressed that they don't feel like there's a, any way out and then they look at suicide as an option and blah, blah, blah. I get that. Um, but like with everyday things that you and I don't have control of, politics, yeah. religion, Yep. Uh, you know, sports. We were just talking yes, about it. Sports, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of like I said after you know, and I'm sorry to you know rub this in, but you know, after your Buffalo Bills lost to Kansas City, you know, it's like I told you, you know, after the game, these players go into the middle of the field and they start shaking hands and hugging and joking around and sharing jerseys and and you know and all that kind of stuff. And it's like you know what, they're taking it a lot better than we are, and that shouldn't be right. Um, could you well, imagine? I, well, I mean, they do get still millions of dollars either way. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, could you could you imagine? You know, let's let's rewind back in the day. Could you imagine that if you know, because your your team's Buffalo, my team's Pittsburgh. Could you imagine if Pittsburgh and Buffalo played in the playoffs? And could you imagine that um, Joe Green and OJ Simpson are going to share jerseys after that yeah. game? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. That's you're right because I didn't even think about it that way. But yeah, times have changed for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody's nice to each other, but yet, but everybody wants to blame everybody for mm -hmm. not getting exactly what they want. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. Because yeah, I don't, I don't think those guys would have did that. I mean, can you imagine like Jack? Oh my Tatum? god! No. Like no, not going out there and sharing a jersey with somebody after the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember share, you might share an earlobe or something with him, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember a quote, um, you know, years ago when Pittsburgh and Dallas played in the Super Bowl, and the Dallas uh, Cowboy players were really, you know, ragging on Terry Bradshaw, and uh, the Dallas Cowboy player was saying, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, 
but he was saying, yeah, Terry Bradshaw couldn't spell cat if we gave him the first two letters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and really coming down on him and making him sound dumb. And then Bradshaw's response was, you know what? I can't spell cat, but I sure know how to spell ring. Nah. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's just funny that, um, you know, there's no way that those, that era of players would be able to do that today. There just Definitely. would be no way. Definitely. That's a different time frame for sure. Yeah. I like I like Rich's question here. I don't know if you got a chance to read that now. It said, uh, Not yet. We're too people-focused now. Do you think back in the 1800s, people had multiple anxiety issues? Um, no. Um, I, I would say, well, you only have to go back to the 1800s. Uh, you can go back to the 1980s, really, when you think about it. Um, you know, when it comes to anxiety, what were we told as kids growing up in that era? shake it off forget about it like yeah, yeah what are you know. crying about you baby yeah. Yeah. you know get up Hang and get you know, yeah i'm sorry but you know i i think it started going downhill when we started handing out participation trophies i, I mean I yeah everybody so, was at that point yeah why yeah. didn't i get one you know Mm-hmm. yeah why am i not coming out of college and making a million dollars right away Right. I, I mean, you know, that's some of the mentality of our people out there. And uh, and that includes, you know, think about our uh, social media people that, you know, they want to be an influencer. I've heard people actually declare that's what they want their job to be. They want to be out there and being an influencer um, on social media and making millions of dollars. And, and they think, they truly think that they're going to come right out and and make multi-million dollars right out of college or or they don't go to college or they don't get an education or they just during high school they think that they're going to make millions of dollars by posting on instagram and such and that just it doesn't work that way the latest interesting comment here um when i worked when i worked for the york revolution they were also owned by the lancaster barnstormers and they played each other in the playoffs ah. the general manager of the revs who's the, the york revolution told us not to cheer on the revolution too much so how <laughs> like how does that make any sense like i don't just because he owns both teams or like like yeah oh that's just insane i don't yeah I, I i don't understand that uh and i know uh what's his face the um third baseman for the orioles that just passed away the hall of famer um uh, brooks robinson yeah, Brooks Robinson, I think, had uh, some part ownership in, in those teams as well, either Lancaster or York or both. I'm not sure. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, same thing with him. I don't think he would – I don't think he would be that way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it either, Rich. That's that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so what's – um? I, I want to throw something out of here. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, getting into your personal life a little bit. So if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. But um, All right. What's going on with your baseball training, man? You're really stoked ah, about getting into it this year, huh? I am. I am. I, I'm. I'm starting to feel healthy. My arms getting stronger. Um, as you know, I was uh, down in Florida uh, playing in that uh, big tournament, and and I really liked how it felt. You know, I felt like my uh, my instincts were. It's almost you know, and I was in the league that I play now. Um, I don't have the pitching that I was able to see when I was down in Florida or even experience catching when I was down. And, and almost it, it brought me back to the days of playing college where I'm now, wow, I'm actually catching a pitcher who can throw 90 miles per hour again, right. you know, and uh, and I felt like my uh, 
my mechanics and my reaction time and my instincts were really on point. So I made a declaration that, you know, after that season was over with, which was in November, um, that I was going to start working out and getting myself baseball ready so that I can really excel and, uh, and, and possibly uh, do some damage <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a player. And, um, you know, and it's, it's great. You know, I'm going to be 50 years old, Troy, in March. <laughs> You know, so uh, <laughs> to still you be know, playing and still be playing at a yeah you know, at a, at a and competitive wanna, level is awesome, right? You know? Yeah, so and I want to be before you before you jumped into it. But is it? I'm sorry. Is it like two years ago now that you jumped back into it? Was that about right? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. two years, and then before that, it's probably it was probably ten to fifteen years before. Okay, I that's what I was going to ask. How long so probably fifteen between. years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so what did that feel like that first time you stepped back on there two years ago? Like that. <laughs> i'll tell you crazy. what um it it hurt <laughs> let's but, just put it that I way you were still around the game though because you were doing a lot of uh, coaching and umping and all that kind of stuff as well oh, yeah right? yeah i was i was coaching ball i was coach you know within the last 15 plus years i've been i was coaching high school baseball and legion baseball here in the summer um and you know just kind of doing that kind of stuff you know, and then I got the itch to, well, somebody, well, actually, believe it or not, it was a writer that yeah. brought it up. I'm surprised um, it was in the fake league. Yeah, right. Writer <laughs> <laughs> brought it up and gave me a contact and, uh, and the rest is history. And I, I've been, you know, enjoying it. Now, the team I'm playing for uh, during this league is, is a progress, you know, as a process in the making, but, yeah. um, but you know every you know both years they've improved so that's all i can ask for and i feel like it's just given me a good uh stepping stone to uh to really start getting back into baseball shape i even started pitching which i've never done I in know, my life i know you were telling me about that last year that's, yeah. that's incredible like uh, yeah are, are you, do you think you're gonna be pitching again this year then or i i'm guessing i will be at some point i i led the team in, in strikeouts as a pitcher troy wow um <laughs> Yeah, so I but, I don't know how that's working. But when you weren't pitching, you weren't catching either, and that was catching was always your natural position. Yeah, catching still my natural position. That's what I did in Florida, by the way. It was oh, just is catching. it? Okay. Yeah, so that was nice, and uh, and it was good. I I remember the one team we played, uh, one of their one of the fastest runners in this league. Uh, I actually threw out trying to he tried to steal on me, and I and I gunned him out at second, which what. I'll tell you what, that's what lit the fire in me more than anything. I'll be honest with when you, you. When you got that little, yeah. when you got that put out yeah. there, that was. Yeah, and I'm like, ooh, I can still throw. This yeah. feels kind of good. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm uh, getting there and uh, I've been really doing, working on my bat speed and my bat, you know, my, my power. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like I'm going to be jumping into this league um, that hoping I play gain, in. Hoping to gain some of them power numbers back, huh? Yeah, yeah, yep, for sure. Uh, so we'll see. So Rich is really in here telling about baseball. I didn't know he was such a baseball guy. Um, oh. he, he's asking um, if you played in a league around here, and I, you did, right? Was it down in Palmyra or? No, it was in Harrisburg. Oh, it was in Harrisburg. Okay. Um, yeah, Harrisburg. yeah. The league I played in is uh, it's um, Harrisburg, uh, York. Uh, they have teams throughout that area. Um, you know, probably within a fifteen to twenty mile radius of Harrisburg. Yeah, so, so it looks like he said he's looking to getting uh, something started at the the Y to train, and uh, so I, I guess he looks like he played a lot of ball too as a as a young. Okay. So, uh, I don't know, Rich. Maybe you need to uh, look up this league here and see if there's any yeah. openings. <laughs> Rich, how old are you? 
Oh, he's, uh, well, how old is he? He's probably only 14. <laughs> no, no, no. I said how old is he, not how old he acts. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Ooh, that was a dig, Rich. Uh, oh, he uh, looks like uh, you. Ah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Uh, no, a little more than two strikeouts, Rich. A little more than two. As a pitcher, by the way. So. Uh, he's 53, Howie. He's 53. Yeah, I see that. So 53, yeah. I mean, you could uh, – they actually have an over 50 league out there too, Rich. There so, you go. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they have an over 50 league, and uh, the over 40 league is probably the more competitive of the uh, two leagues. And uh, you get to see uh, there's some still decent live arms in that league, and it's fun to it's fun to hit against. So pretty cool. He said he tried out for the Marlins when they had an open trial in Glen Burnie years ago. So that's oh, very cool. I'm surprised you didn't make it because they suck. But I mean, (laughs) 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 or was that the one good year out of every 15 that they uh, Uh, that they you know buy their free agents and win a championship? You know. Remember you know when I was yeah oh yeah well that was the Jimmy Leland yeah, team yeah what they had Darren yeah Darren Leland Dalton and, that yeah, catching yeah. and uh, yeah they but um old Phillies on it didn't they have Eisenhower yeah they did yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I will say this um, when I was playing down in Florida my home field was the Florida Marlins field oh nice yeah nice. so uh, they're, they're that was their game field or their training field. Their actual playing field. Wow. Yeah. In fact, uh, the picture you see on my personal uh, Facebook page, uh, the Marlins share the field, I think, shoot, I want to say with the Astros, um, either the Astros or the Nationals. I can't remember which one. They share that. Yeah, spring training field. And, uh, oh, no, it's the uh, Cardinals. The Marlins and the Cardinals, are. they share that same field. So uh, that that was where I played down there which was amazing I, i'll never i'll tell you what that was that was top of the line when it comes to playing on that field you weren't going to get any bad hops on that field so we're, we're doing the math here rich so you were you were 34 when you went there they didn't want anyone in 26 so you lied about your age <laughs> but, so you're 53 34 so that was almost 20 years ago so that yeah. goes back to what nine or uh, two, early 2000s 2003 something like that so um I think they won the World Series in '97 with Leland. Does that sound right? But didn't they win? An, didn't they win another one in the mid 2000s or early 2000s as well? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what year that was. Um, I'm almost positive they did. I think that was the year when. Um, oh, they had that Dontrell Willis. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. He was supposed to. Yeah, be the next he was. Big he thing. was a really. He was the next big thing in pitching. Yeah. Or supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, it never worked out. So, but um, yeah, um, Rich said send him some information, and uh, I will definitely do that. Um, you know, if if that's something you're interested in doing. Yeah, they have two worlds. I thought so. I, I don't remember the year of their second one, but their first one, I'm pretty sure, was '97, like he said, with with Jimmy Leland. Um, I don't, man, I'm trying to remember who their manager was and everything that year. Which I'm most positive, Dontrell yeah. Willis was their pitcher. Uh, well, he was one of their pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm During saying that. Like, I think he was their ace that year. Mm-hmm. Um, or did they have um? You know what? They had a veteran, too, that really stood out. Now, this is going to bother me that we're talking about this, and I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't Rich, remember. what do you say here? I was trying out for first base, and they hit three hits to every position and started with left field and then center. 
um, and then right each position would throw to me, and then I would throw it to home plate. By the time they had worked their way around to the second base, my throws to home plate were like sixty feet in the air, working like sixty feet in the air. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe I'm not going to send you any information, Rich. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I got to look up the Marlins here. This is going to bother me. Um, I, hey, I mean, we're not that far away from. From uh, pitchers and catchers reporting here, though, Howie. I know. We're only, uh, uh, what, two weeks, if that? It's usually like two weeks after the Super Bowl or a week after the Super Bowl, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually the second weekend. Actually, no, it might even be the same week as the Super Bowl or maybe that following Monday. It was 2003. So, Rich, maybe that year you went and tried out was the year they had their World Series team. 2003, they won the World Series. Yeah. Jack McKeon was their manager. That's right. Oh, okay. Yes, Jack McKeon. Uh, Josh Beckett. That was the guy they had. Josh Beckett, who went, who after that year, I think is when he went to the Red Sox and helped them break their curse, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Um, yeah, let's see. 2006. Okay, so he stayed with the Marlins a couple more years, but then he went to the Red Sox. Um, Josh Beckett was the MVP of the uh, the World Series that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to look up more info just on that team specifically. Didn't they have like Rondell White on that team? And yeah, that's what I'm trying to pull up here. Um, Which, by the way, I I don't like that guy at all. Yvonne Rodriguez was their catcher. That ah Pudge. Yep, yep. Good old Pudge. Pudge. One um, of the best catchers ever, by the way, in my opinion. So let's see. So it looks like their everyday lineup was Pudge, a, a catcher, Derek Lee at first, Luis okay. Castillo at second, uh, Mike Lowell at third base, shortstop Alex Gonzalez, not Rodriguez, Gonzalez, mm-hmm. Todd Hollinsworth in left, Juan Pierre, there you go, Juan Pierre was in center, and Juan Encarnacion in right. And okay. uh, listen, who, listen to this guy on the bench that they come and had coming off the head bench, uh, Miguel Cabrera. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, I think I've heard a couple things about him. He can Uh, hit, right? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Conine, uh, Mike. Oh, Jeff Conine was probably one of the best utility players of all time. Agreed. Mike Mordecai, another good one. Uh, Yeah, he wasn't anything that was going to, you know, come in and, uh, you know, be crazy. But uh, Mm -hmm. he was reliable. He was reliable. He'd come in and do what he needed to do. So here was our pitching staff this year. It was Carl Pavano, Brad Penny, Mark Redman. Uh, okay. Um, whoa, somebody's calling you. Yeah, right. Um, this, ooh, let's, let's hear Bill Collector's live here. <laughs> I just hung up on him. It probably is uh, a scam. I um, should have, you know what? I should have put it on speaker. Uh, oh, wow. That, that would have been fun. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah Mark, Dontrell Willis. Yeah, there, there Dontrell Willis was. Josh Beckett, A.J. Burnett. I mean, they had, they were loaded that year. They were oh, A.J., loaded. that's right. Yeah. Batman. Now AJ only pitched four games for him that year. Believe it or not, yeah. So that must have been pretty uh, young in his career. Yeah, uh, he was such a he 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 was such a good player for the Pirates. I really loved watching him play. Yeah. So yeah, that's just that's just weird. I I, I can't believe it's been 2003 since the Marlins have last won a title. So I'm guessing pretty soon they're going to be buying another team to win another World Series because it's been pretty long. <laughs> well, uh, they don't have the same ownership, probably. If I had to guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably right. Well, doesn't, um, didn't somebody just buy them? Like, didn't A-Rod or Jeter? Jeter owns them. Jeter's yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
Yeah. Well, Jeter, I can see Jeter investing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, man, we lost our main talker here, Rich. I know. Rich had to go eat. So, well, hey, thanks for joining in, Rich. Thanks for jumping in. Um, yeah. It was nice to, you know, hear some feedback here. If anybody else has any comments they want to jump in here, that's great. If not, um, I mean, we've been going here for, what, about 40 minutes Almost or so? 45 so. minutes, yeah. yeah. So, so um, we, we, we're free. We're, we're happy to wrap it up here if you guys want to. But if anybody else has any comments they want to jump in before we go, go for it. Mm-hmm. Anything else you yeah, want? Yeah, I think this is fun. I think this is going to be a I think this is going to be a new uh positive uh, additive to our yeah. show. Agreed. So um but this was more of an experiment, so you know, expect our next show to have a little more uh content and a little more meat to the bones and uh and yeah, we'll make it fun and yeah. uh and people can join in and be a part of it and uh throw throw in their two cents on what they want to talk about and you know, we'll discuss anything. Yep, for sure. We're an open book. <laughs> all right well i guess um looks like we've kind of died off no more comments but uh again yep. appreciate anybody that did tune in if you catch us later um you know we'll, we'll try to post ahead of time when we're gonna go live so that way you guys can be prepared and if you want to jump on with us that'd be awesome we'll have yeah. a lot of fun um i guess with that being said howie we can probably sign off if you want this concludes our broadcast day click Thanks again, everyone, for listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please share, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Let your friends know you heard it right here on Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And we'll see you next week. Until next week, stay tuned.